your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to book club number 34. And I am excited to share the story of this book. Um, and it's definitely uh, perhaps the most interesting title I have ever seen in a book. And I'm just going to use this word one time to summarize the book. Uh, the book name, and that is not a misprint, that is not a typo, the name of the book is The No Asshole Rule, and it is written by a Stanford professor by the name of Robert I. Sutton. And so instead of using that word, I'm going to use the word jerk the rest of the uh, podcast here. Uh, But this book uh, is is actually a really, really good book about recognizing jerks around you, what their motivations may be, what they may not be, uh, what what jerks can do to a, a business or to a program or to a school or whatever it may be. Um, and so I just want to go through some of the notes that I took from uh, this book and uh, it's it's really good to kind of look inwardly to start with and and then take a look at the people around you and take a look at uh, your, your staff your uh, you know the people helping you with your program and you know everybody involved with it so that you can kind of keep this in the back of your mind if you're dealing in a situation where somebody's being a jerk uh, first of all it, one of the things that Sutton points out is that a lot of times, uh, jerks have no idea that they're being a jerk. Um, so the downside of it is that sometimes they do know that they're being a jerk and they're proud of it. And, and that is really unfortunate and hard to deal with. And so what are some, some common everyday actions of jerks? And let me be clear. Uh, well, I'll go through it here. He calls it the dirty dozen. And, uh, so here they are from, from 1 to 12 as listed in the book. Number one, personal insults. Number two, invading one's personal territory. Number three, uninvited physical contact. Number four, threats and intimidation, both verbal and nonverbal. Number five, sarcastic jokes and teasing used as insult delivery systems. Number six, withering emails. Uh, number seven, status slaps intended to humiliate their victims. Number eight, public shaming or status degradation uh, rituals. Number nine, rude interruptions. Number 10, two-faced attacks. Number 11, dirty looks. Number 12, treating people as if they are invisible. Now, I think one of the, 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 the very next thing that Sutton says in the book, and I'm just going to read this uh, word for word here, and I'm going to share a story with you that, that, that has bothered me since, since this time. Nearly all of us act like jerks at times. I plead guilty to multiple offenses. That's what Robert Sutton wrote in the book. Um, but... If someone consistently takes actions that leave a trail of victims in their wake, they deserve to be branded as certified jerks. So, yes, we all do. You know, we've all been there. We've all done that. Uh, A story that that, and and something that happened in my career, and it still bothers me today. Um, We were playing in our conference championship game, and we were playing at, it was against one of our rivals, at one of our big-time rivals uh, for the conference championship. And we were in the locker room uh, before the game, and not once, but or we were we we were getting ready. We got done. It was a long way to go from the court to the locker room, and we were 
uh, hustling to the locker room because, of course, we only have 10 minutes. And the locker room was locked, and they didn't. They hadn't given us a key to get into the locker room. So we needed to find a, a, a janitor or somebody, a custodial staff, to come in and open it up. And they found somebody. He got over there as fast as he could, but he was having trouble finding the key. He knew I was upset. I got upset with him, and, and I felt really, really bad about it. Now, he unfortunately suffered the wrath of of my frustration because it was a tense situation but also before the game we had been interrupted multiple times by coaches from the other coaching staff as they came into our locker room because their coach had their uh, office in their assistant coach had an office in the visitors locker room and I was frustrated with that as well and I just didn't think that was the right thing to do but I acted like a jerk I I, I did and I felt awful about it and I set a very poor example for our players uh does that make me a jerk I hope it doesn't was I a jerk at that time absolutely I was and so Sutton one of the things he emphasizes is that we're all going to be jerks at some time or another um but we you know you, you can't hold that guilt with you forever. Uh, you, you know, the, the difference between uh, having a, a bad incident and, and being a jerk, as he says, is leaving a trail of victims in your wake, all right? Um, he talks about how the, the damage that the jerks can do to, to victims, to organizations, to bystanders, uh, employees who have abusive supervisors. They quit their jobs at accelerated rates. Uh, they suffer from health issues. Uh, they reduce commitment to their employers. It heightens depression, anxiety, and burnout. Uh, it also has ripple effects at home. When when you, you come home and you have to talk to your spouse and it seems like that's the conversation that you're having every night or every other night is, is one spouse or the other spouse is coming home talking about their boss, so forth and so on. Uh, when, when employees feel safe, they actually feel empowered, and they want to uh, work well for their boss, that, that the, boss, the boss that is there for constant praise, constant reinforcement, reinforcement. Now, they're holding their employees accountable, but at the same time, those employees feel, psycho, he, he uses the phrase, psychologically safe because they can admit their mistakes. Uh, he, he also talks about how success can lead to somebody who was not a jerk, how it can make them a jerk. Uh, the quote is, the more often you are right and the more often you win, the bigger jerk you can be. And so I think one of the things that, that folks need to, to realize is that if you do have some success in your career, and most of the people listening to this podcast are basketball coaches, when you achieve the success that you desire, don't let it go to your head. Stay humble. Uh, you know, be a coach of humility. Uh, I've often, I've, I always say, I've never scored a basket. I've never had an assist. I've never gotten a rebound. I've never gotten a defensive stop. It's always been the players that have made the plays. Uh, if you are working for a good organization and there's a jerk within your organization, they are dealt with immediately. You know that you have a good organization when jerks are dealt with immediately. Uh, and, and sometimes, and, and, and Sutton said this earlier, uh, people don't realize that they're being a jerk. And so when they're confronted with being a jerk, uh, they, they immediately own up to it. They, they've, they realize that they've blown it. They apologize. They reflect on it. They ask for forgiveness. They try to change. Uh, with the situation I talked about in my personal experience, I, I really hope that's the way people saw me because I did feel awful about it. Um, and so you don't want to justify it. You, you, you want to make amends for the mistakes that you've made. 
oftentimes we see jerks and especially talented jerks and we say well we can't live with uh, we can't live without them they're talented they're they're our best salesman they're our best post player they're our best ball handler they're the quarterback they're the they're the president of the company whatever it may be but how often do you see when you you feel like somebody is so valuable that you can't lose them and then you lose them other people are going to step in and 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 very rarely is somebody at that level where they are so valuable that you just can't live without them. More often than not, that addition by subtraction actually will help make your company, your team, your program better by getting rid of the jerk. All right. Um, there's, he also talks about self-preservation, and he talks about being indifferent. And he, he, actually, uh, he actually says here, I'm going to read this from the book, learning when and how to simply not give a damn is, isn't a, the kind of advice you hear in most business books, but it can help you make the best of a lousy situation. And he talks about indifference and self-preservation and, and practicing emotional detachment. Maybe you are working for an administration that you're just not happy with and and you know no matter what you do you feel like you're what you're saying is is not hitting home. And and at some point you have to practice that emotional detachment and say I've done all that I can here. I've communicated to the best of my ability. I it, maybe it's time for me to move on. Maybe it's time for me to do something else. As much as I love and respect this business or this program or this job, uh my satisfaction is not being met, and so therefore I need to move on. Uh, he talks about avoiding uh, complaining, and, you know, I, I believe it was it was Coach Meyer that said complaining is like puking. Um, you complain, and you feel better, but everybody else, else around you feels sick, and if you're a constant complainer, that's the, that's the type of uh, reaction you're going to get from people that that they're not going to that you're going to complain so much that people eventually are not going to want to be around you and they're going to view you as a jerk because of all the complaining that you've done um and i'm going to read this here uh as you organize your program and again most of us most of the folks listening to this are basketball coaches uh i'm just going to read this word for word more generally organizations that drive in compassion and drive out fear attract superior talent have lower turnover costs share ideas more freely have less dysfunctional internal competition and trump the external competition so your job as your coach as you're leading your program is to drive in compassion drive out fear allow people to make mistakes whether that's your assistant coach your managers your players whatever it may be and you want people to embrace being part of your program uh to to have the opportunity to share those ideas to have your assistant coach say Hey, we want. What do you think about going zone in this situation or against this team? Or should we put Joe in the starting lineup and take Frank out? Your your assistant coach should feel comfortable with those type of suggestions, and that's what you want from your assistant coaches. It's also important uh, that jerks. He says jerks uh, breed like rabbits. Uh, their poison quickly infects others. Even worse, if you let them make hiring decisions, they will start cloning themselves. Uh, it, it's often been said uh, you can have one cancer in the locker room if the other 24 guys, and I'm talking baseball here, if the other 24 guys are really solid, you can have one uh, jerk in the locker room or one potential uh, you know, cancerous situation, uh, chemistry killer type of person because they usually get absorbed by the other guys. But once there's once there's another jerk in the locker room, those two are attracted to each other, and that's when things go bad. If you want to avoid 
a jerk-free environment, you've got to start by looking in the mirror. You've got to start with your own self-evaluation and reflection. Look back on your last season here. Was I a jerk at times? What was my energy like? What was? Did I let losing get to me? Uh, if if you had a season that you uh, maybe did not re- achieve your goals or what you set out to do when it came to wins and losses, uh, so forth and so on. Um, it is really important, and I think it's important that we concentrate on this as coaches. Uh, in order for any relationship to succeed, your positive and good interactions must outnumber negative and bad ones by at least, and this is the minimum, at least five to one. So if you have six days a week that you're around your team, whether it's games or practices, or if it's preseason and, and you've got five or six practices during that week, your minimal, your minimal goal, and this is the minimal goal, you need to have your kids have a great experience at least five of those six days. And, and, and that needs to be because that helps keep the ship afloat. And that keeps you moving forward in a positive direction. And you have to control your own mindset. Again, as Sutton says, it starts with you and you looking at yourself in the mirror and making sure that you are locked in and you are not a jerk and you're not complaining. You're not creating an environment where people don't want to be around you. A couple of other things here. You get into some situations where you have a player, a boss, uh, anybody associated with your business or your program, they believe that the rules don't apply to them. Uh, You've got to eliminate that as soon as possible. What happens when people think that the rules don't apply with them? They they don't have the same compassion. They don't have the same buy-in. They feel like they're above things, and that's where the problems come into play. as the story goes, if you take a look at what happened with the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and all of those guys, those guys didn't have the same rules and, and it didn't apply to them. And that started when they were rookies, when they were really young, because they were trying to sell those guys on staying there and so forth and so on. And ultimately, they needed to bring in Doc Rivers to have some accountability with those guys. And you see how much they're thriving as a team right now. Two other things real quick. If you have jerks, get rid of them. Expel it as quickly as possible. I know sometimes that's more difficult than others, uh, but but you need to get everybody on the same page. And you need to show that, that your standards will not allow jerks to be part of your program, to be part of your business. You need to sell that to the other employees in your program uh, or in your business, excuse me, or the other players on your team, that no one is above anything, that we're all going to act a certain way. And I, I tweeted this out, and I'm going to wrap up with this. I think this is so very important. The best test of a person's character is how he or she will treat those with less power, especially when no one is watching. And I think that's the ultimate way we have to look at ourselves, our role as as leaders in our for our teams, for our schools, for our communities. How do you treat people with that are, that have less power or less importance than you. How do you evaluate yourself in that regard, especially when nobody is watching, when nothing is to be gained? All right. So, the no jerk rule, the no asshole rule. I'll say it one last time here by Robert I Sutton. It is a real book. It is a really good book. I learned a lot from it. Um, it's just a reminder of how important standards are and upholding your standards within your program. So, coaches, I encourage you to go and uh, find this book to check it out. I, I found it to be a very fascinating read. I really, really enjoyed it. So, coaches, as always, let's stay safe. Let's pray for peace. And let's be sure to hone our craft 